Hi, I am Maxine McFarlane, a Jamaican educator living in the United States of America, and I'm a nurturer of minds and hearts. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Teacher's Tribe podcast this week. Many schools across the United States are wrapping up the school year, and others have actually closed already. As of today, there are only four more school days left with my students, plus an additional teacher workday. I know many teachers around the world are looking forward to a break, and while I don't usually focus on a countdown to the end of the year, this year has taken its toll, and I am ready to rest and recharge. This time last year, we were in a state of uncertainty, high anxiety for some, and instability for others. In the early weeks of this podcast, social-emotional well-being was the focus. One year later, it is still an important matter to consider. When the pandemic was wreaking havoc across the globe this time last year, I was deeply concerned about how my children and students were coping. As a result, I engaged my three sons in conversations about that. They were an 8th grader in middle school, a 10th grader in high school, and a sophomore in college at the time. As we were heading towards the end of last school year, I wished that I could be there for my students as well. Today, my three sons and I are checking in again to talk about how they have coped since our podcast conversation a year ago. Let's do this check-in on the other side of this. we do the joy of learning brings the light to for parents and teachers everywhere let your children how much we care rich experience i bring to you have you joined to share your passion too oh it's the joy Welcome back to the Teachers Tribe podcast, young men. I'm so happy that you have joined me again. It's been a full year, well, just over a year, since we all sat down together to have a conversation. Let's start off by just checking in. Let's see where you are and what's going on with you right now. Malik, let's start with you. Alrighty. Um, I just finished my third year of college, which is wild, and... I did the entire year on campus during the pandemic. There was social distancing and all that stuff, which we can get into later. But finished the whole year. But I'm back on campus right now doing research for six weeks with uh, the same research group I was working with throughout the school year. I'm Mikayo, um, 16. I almost forgot my age. 16. I also just finished my junior year, but in high school, which also for me wild, was just watching Malik graduate and thinking I was so far away. Anyway, um, I took my last final today, so that's that's good. Um, it's summer now, and yeah, um, I just have a lot of 
prep for my future and thinking about my future to do this summer. But yeah, that's what's going on with me. All right. Thank you, Makayo. Malachi? I just finished my freshman year in high school. It was my first year of high school, and I was virtual throughout the whole year. Okay. So now we're winding down the school year. We're just over, well, I'm just over a week away from the end of our school year. And it has been a challenging one. It has been a different one. I've never experienced one like this. None of us have. So I just wanted to check in with you and pick up on that conversation that focused on your social emotional well-being. That's what we we're talking about last year. And I know since the pandemic, there has been a lot of conversations around the world about mental health. And I think we can start off just talking about that. I I want I almost want to say post-pandemic mental health, but the pandemic is not quite over. But we are a year removed from that state of anxiety and stress and uncertainty that we were in last year this time. So one year later, how are you feeling? I think at this point, there's more of a uh, sense of, not apathy, but I guess relief that it's getting near the end. I've been in a leadership position as an RA throughout the entire pandemic, which is also very new from both as a student and also for the upper administration. This is something they've never had to deal with. And going through all of those ropes and the different decisions that had to be made was very difficult for them and for us as RAs trying to make these decisions. But now that I'm vaccinated, a lot of students are vaccinated, I feel a lot more comfortable. I feel less stress about interacting with people as I did at the beginning of the pandemic. I feel more comfortable being by myself because of it, since it's not like I had the opportunity to socialize as much. That being said, I'm happy to hopefully get back to a time where I can interact with people normally again and pick back up what I enjoyed doing before it started and just kind of get back to some sense of normalcy and feel comfortable again. Yes, I think we're all looking forward to that. Makai or Malachi, how are things on your end from a mental health perspective? How are you feeling? I agree with Malik. Um, I haven't been vaccinated yet, but I've been inside the house. However, I do feel personally more comfortable. Like if I were to go and interact with people, I don't know if it's because um maybe to some degree I am taking like the fact that oh time has moved, so therefore it's not as bad. Maybe that's slightly my mindset. However, I do feel like more people are getting vaccinated, and at least the people that I'm around, they're they're staying home themselves a lot or they're taking the precautions and wearing their mask and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's promising seeing stuff open up, especially with with the proper precautions being taken. Um, but for the most part, I don't even 
hang around. It's not like I'm out hanging out or going to kickbacks or anything. Really just be by myself or with my family. I don't really go out like that, but yeah, I'm starting to feel more comfortable and hopeful for uh, about this whole pandemic that's, that's going on. If you were to compare your state of mind last year, this time when we were talking and now, what differences do you notice? I think around this time last year, we were barely two months, if two months into this whole thing. And so it was just like a high sense of, I know in my mind, I was trying to be like optimistic, but it was just a high sense of hopelessness. Like there was no light at the end of the tunnel, whatever, whatsoever. We were supposed to be fully inside, not going anywhere, not doing anything, none of that. A year later now, it seems like proper steps have been taken. So I can kind of see not the end of this because I, I personally don't think like this ends. I think we as a society just get more control over the effects of the virus and the virus itself. But it's it's good to see that proper steps are being taken to going back to a sense of normalcy. It's very encouraging. Okay, Malachi, can you share your thoughts and feelings? I find it encouraging and I'm hopeful that the pandemic's going to be over now or, you know, close to over now that I'm seeing everyone getting vaccinated and people who aren't vaccinated are still wearing masks, at least some people. It seems like the pandemic is gone and very soon. So I'm hopeful about that. All right. So it seems as if we're all in a better place mentally when compared to last year this time which is good because we've been through a number of challenges I know the challenges from my perspective as a parent and as a teacher those challenges are quite different even though we may have common challenges there are many that are that you experience that are different from mine so let's talk a little bit about the challenges that you faced during this over this past year for me living on campus a lot of the challenge was trying to figure out a way to balance being safe with also being social especially because i still am but at the time i was very reliant on social interaction i needed social interaction to get throughout the day and i needed to be around people and have moments to talk to people and just not necessarily an academic setting, just be around people and enjoy the conversations in order to feel like my day was good. And that was probably the most difficult challenge at the beginning and even into the second semester, especially when I had to quarantine. When I got exposed and I had to quarantine in my room for two weeks, that was probably the hardest part of it was just being by myself the entire time, not having anyone to physically interact with. That was the the most difficult part of it for me. And all of us went through that challenge with you too. We experienced it differently, but I know your brothers and I were here concerned about how you were eating and all that kind of stuff and whether or not you would be tested. When would you get tested and would it be positive? Would it be negative? All of those challenges we kind of shared 
with you. And for me as a parent, hearing you talk about that now, one of the greater challenges for me is the fact that we couldn't visit you this year. That was different. You know, we couldn't come down for a weekend and hang out with you or we couldn't even come on campus. We just had that one opportunity to drop you off and that was it. So that was that was difficult on us on an emotional level and just feeling helpless when you're going through those things and you're two hours away from us. I know there are many other people who are farther away from their families and some people still have not reunited with their families because didn't you have some students on your campus who are foreign students who stayed through since last spring? Yeah, there were some people who didn't have a chance to go home because they were in China. They like they were from China and they weren't allowed to go back. Or it was if they went back, they wouldn't have been able to come back in the fall. So I know that there were people who definitely had harder situations like that. But it still is, you know, still on. It, it was still difficult. And the situation, like the food situation that you mentioned, did not help that at all. Because that was just adding another stressor to the situation. Um, and the testing snafu or the miscommunication didn't help either. It was it was a lot of things. But I know for me, the isolation was probably the hardest part in its totality for me. Yeah, I can only imagine at least the four of us here at home had each other. Even when we got tired of each other, we still had each other to support. But in everything, you can find a silver lining because it could have been worse. It could have been that we couldn't communicate. You know, but I know you boys were on FaceTime many times throughout the week and all of that helped to keep us connected. Yeah, pretty much every day we were like FaceTiming at whatever point uh, they were available. I'd call sometimes when they were available, they'd call. They were probably their most active in the group chat during those two weeks. I appreciated it. That was the communication I think that I needed, even though it wasn't in the way that I wanted it. Mm -hmm. But we went through it. All right, what about you two boys at home? What did you find most challenging for each of you? Before um, school started, like the first time you interviewed me, I was saying, oh, I'm not able to do stuff I want to and travel and blah, blah, blah. But now it's uh, school. Because me being in person at school is a completely different experience than me being uh, virtual at home. And like the environment's different and I'm not as focused and all that stuff. So I think that school was my biggest issue with quarantine. Yes, learning virtually is a challenge. I have a virtual class this year too, and it's been challenging from even with my years of experience as a teacher it's been challenging to keep my students engaged to keep them focused to ensure that they're completing their assignments and all of that so I can totally understand that what's been most challenging for you Makayo I would say school but that that's already been established learning virtually has clearly not been for me but I'd say more importantly was my mental health and keeping motivation, finding motivation 
to do simple tasks like it's unbelievable the amount of times i've contemplated doing simple things that i've done for years just because it's like why do it i'm not leaving a house no one's gonna see anyway it's just family simple things like making up my bed or just keeping motivation to to exercise i'm on this whole journey now which i've never had to qualify exercising my life as a fitness journey but that's that's what i'm that's what i'm having to call it now because i let myself slip from the last time you interview me i slipped and then now i'm having to give myself obviously it's not it's it's not as hard as it was but that was the thing that i was struggling with is keeping my mental health up and i knew that the way to keep my mental health up was by doing things that i know are good for me even if i don't feel like doing it once i begin doing it i'm perfectly fine it's just wanting to get up and do it and as i refused to let myself do it my mental health slipped which made me not want to do it which made my mental health slip it was just a dirty cycle i've i've picked back up now uh but that was most definitely a challenge and that challenge went over into school which had me struggle this school year it just it affected all facets of my life but yeah i'd say my mental health and and keeping myself motivated was the, the struggle during this time yes Malika, you look like you want to add something to that. Like you, it resonated with you. Yeah, it did a lot. I guess it was it was in a different way. I kind of mentioned it when I was talking about the social interaction, but I do understand the motivation, especially when you're by yourself and the only person to motivate you is you. There's no external factors uh, to push you. Really, they're all they're all. Uh, imaginary in a sense they're the, the the ideas of success and the ideas of pleasing other people i guess are things that could push you but when you don't have any tangible motivations like other people in my instance at least like other people seeing you or other people that can engage you and motivate you there are no external factors it's really hard if you don't have that internal motivation to want to do things even if you have it I can relate to like not wanting to make the bed in the morning because it's like my door ha my doors closed most of the time because we're in code orange and I can't really interact with my residents as much so I don't really need to present my room as clean and orderly or like going to the going to the gym or running like I did a lot of running at the beginning of quarantine and then as school picked up I kind of slow down a lot because it's like one i think i i under i underestimated how much time i would need but also it was just me at that point there was no uh there was i didn't have the voice to be like oh are you gonna go run today or my dad asking if i was gonna go run like other people to motivate me to do it it's just me yeah and before this we may have thought well i have a good dose of intrinsic motivation. I know how to get myself going, brush myself off. But when it becomes a long haul event, I know things change. I think back to the times when we were having the initial conversation and I would be getting up every morning and walking. And then I look forward to it. 
I was teaching virtually and I could get up in the mornings and walk and it was just so good for my own mental health. But then as the year wore on, I found that I was slipping just like Makayo said. Uh, it got colder and in, when we got into those winter months, it was different. And there was more anxiety again because we were in limbo about whether or not we we're going to resume face-to-face -face learning. And there were just so many things going on. And just the whole busyness of getting ready for going back into the building, all of those things, we all slipped. But, you know, even as I think about the challenges, I also want to flip the coin and look on the opposite. Because even though it's been a challenging year, some benefits have come out of it. I think of when you were talking earlier, Malik, even though every year I have to kind of mentally and emotionally prepare myself for you to leave. This year, this past year, I felt like I was kind of spoiled because you came home for spring break, which ended up being a week longer and then rest of the semester. And I got used to having all five of us under the same roof again. So that was a benefit. I look at that as a big benefit because I was just happy to have my whole family together while we're going through a difficult time. It's, you know, when you were talking about those two weeks of quarantine for you, I would have preferred for you to have been home during those two weeks. But I was happy that even though we're in the uncertainty of March, April of 2020, you were here and we were all together and we could go through this together. I didn't have to worry about what you were eating. Did you have enough food? Did you have everything that you needed? So I look at those benefits, for example, just having my family together. That was a benefit. I look at the things like I had a little more time where I could en enjoy nature because a lot of people weren't out there. I, did, I could walk on the trail and maybe just encounter a handful of people for the whole mile or two that I'm walking. You know, those are little things that I enjoyed. What about you boys? What were some of the benefits that came out of this situation? Change is the only word that's coming to mind right now, but it's not even in a negative way. You know, people say, oh, you changed, and it's normally in a negative connotation. I mean, I've changed, and, and when I get back to normal interactions in August, people might say it's in a negative way. But truthfully, I've done so much thinking and attempted to self-improve so much mentally, Physically, I'm still working on it, but mentally, and no one can tell me anything anymore. I sound really cocky, but it's it's the truth. Like I've had so much time to think. When you had, when we had done this last year, that was like one of two times where I would literally, I, I'd be doing stuff obviously, but my mind is just rolling through things. And since we had so much time, other people were smart and filled it up with other things. I I did something right in that I was reflecting and thinking, of course, I spent the rest of that time watching Hulu and eating. And that's why we have this self-titled fitness journey going on. But <laughs> outside of that, yeah, I did a lot of thinking uh, March up until like the start of summer. And then between like, January of this year and 
I don't I'm trying to put general time frames on it, but truthfully I've just done a lot of thinking and I think I've I figured out myself. That sounds so cliche, but it's it's the truth. I figured out myself because I I've never given myself the time to do that. It's a whole nother topic that I'm not gonna fully get into, but when you're younger, you just see stuff and if you like it you try to be that or live according to that and so never like again cliche but find your identity you never identify who you are so i figured out my standards when it comes to what what i want to do or where i want to reach uh who type of people I'm going to keep around me, uh, just morals, all of that stuff. Those are not things that I prioritized before quarantine. And I'm glad that I sat down and thought about this stuff. Because it's important, I think, to do so. And I've I've figured out me. Sounds, I'm, I just sound like I'm saying movie one-liners, but it, it's really the truth. I just, I figured out what was going on in my mental and that's why I prioritize my mental health over a lot of stuff now because I know where I was at and I know how much time it took to get me up out of there and I'm not trying to go back. Sounds like my son went deep during lockdown. All right so that's that's a benefit for you. What about you Malachi? What benefits have you derived from this past year? I think one of the benefits for me was the fact that not necessarily what Kyle was saying about, you know, health and fitness, but I think my health has gotten better though we are in a pandemic. Because for example, I'm able to drink more water and I'm able to get more sleep if I was, you know, going inside the building. I have to wake up at like five thirty every morning. But now I get like an extra hour or two more sleep because classes start late and when it was winter time and it was 30 degrees in the morning I didn't have to get up from the bus stop so I guess that's a blessing practical things you're right because when we went back into the building I had to be bundling up and you boys were snug like bugs in a rug enjoying your your extra sleep Earlier, you all talked about your learning environment this year. It was a lot different from what you're accustomed to. So I know, Malik, you were back on your college campus, and you two boys were learning virtually. So I know that's a big difference. So even though you were still out there on campus, I know it wasn't quite the same for you. So I want you to share with my listeners, how did the changes in your learning environment in the 2020-2021 school year impact you? I was actually talking to one of my friends about this uh, yesterday, or two days ago actually, because we we both recognized that we became better isolation studiers because of it. It's not like we had a choice, but we did become better at it. Up until that point, uh, we used to study a lot together in larger groups, which worked fine for me. But sometimes I would study, if I didn't have a class with people that I knew, 
I wouldn't study as hard. But because of the pandemic, it's not like I really had a choice to do in-person study groups. So I had to hunger down by myself and get the work done and actually study. And it made it uh, uh, made me a lot more independent in a lot of ways. I didn't really rely on having to teach other people to make sure I knew the information. I would do whatever I needed to do to make sure I knew the information. So that was helpful. Um, there was a helpful impact. I, if there's a downside to it, I do think that being in the same locations, that was probably the harder part of it. Because it's not like I could go to the normal places where I would study. I, because after classes were done, those halls were shut down. They were closed for students, especially when we had a huge spike on campus. I couldn't go into them. They closed off a lot of those buildings. So I had to study in my room and that was it. And it was hard for me to study in the same place that I eat and sleep and do music stuff. It was hard for that one place for me to separate the differences between them. But I do think in general, it helped more than it hurt, but it was definitely a grueling process to get to that revelation. For me, I truly believe that this 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 way of learning has affected me negatively in like every way possible. I've been told by my own father, which he's not wrong. He told me, we don't know when this is going to go back to normal, so you might as well adjust. And it's not like I didn't want to adjust because I, I couldn't have that mindset. Like I, we truthfully didn't know when we were going to go back. But I, up to now, I've had a very hard time adjusting and me not being able to adjust. And my parents wanted me to do well and applying the necessary pressure to do well. That didn't help me. It just ended up making me worse mentally. And then it just made me less motivated. And since I was less motivated, I didn't adapt well. And again, another cycle, but like that's a recurring trend that got me trapped into where now this school year hurt me academically and 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 all other facets of my life um it wasn't a good school year but i i have hope for next year that's all i can do is hope but it's just yeah no this school year wasn't good i i i guess the the benefit is i know well, like this too shall pass or something like that. Like there's there's always light at the end of the tunnel because again, that's at my last final today. I just have to go in next Friday to take one final AP exam and then I'll be done. But yeah, I was, I just remember and I think it was right before winter break, December. I'm just thinking like all of this pressure, I was trying to get makeup working and all of that. And I was like, I have to go do this again for 18 more weeks knowing where my mind was, knowing the level of motivation I had, and knowing that when certain situations came up, me trying to defend myself would just sound like a sorry excuse. And then it just, it just felt like I was only going to keep spiraling. But here we are, and it's, it's June, and I, I made it through 
alive and relatively well. So, yeah, that's, I guess, the positive out of this. I know that this this too shall pass. It, it, there's always an end to the pain and the, and the misery and the suffering. You're right. This too shall pass. We haven't seen anything like this before, and we're surviving. That, so once, there's another saying, since you're on this path of cliches, Makayo, um, once there's life, there's hope. So hold on to that hope. So let's talk some more about relationships. If my memory serves me right, last year, Makayo, you gave such a deep, thoughtful answer about the relationships part, something that I never even considered. But you were mentioning how this time of separation allowed you to recognize who your true friends were. And I don't know where your mindset is now that you've gone through months and months of deep thought and you mentioned that as one of the things you reflected on how are your relationships now one year later i i still have that belief to some degree i get told i'm a pessimist and it's like i'm not a pessimist i'm just being realistic here okay let's break this down before quarantine before covid hit i was very naive Sophomore year, well, freshman year, I experienced a lot of stuff when it comes to relationships that had me feeling the way I do now. Start of quarantine, I think about a month or so in, I just became bitter because it was a, a very in-your-face kind of way to come to the realization, which is not wrong about people in that if they really did like have care for you and cared about you, they would contact you. However, it's about the way you apply it. You can choose to be like, oh, I'm not gonna talk to anybody because no, I, I don't I don't I don't wanna talk to anybody. I'll be all by myself. It's not how humans are built. We're not built to be entirely isolated. However, picking up on people's cues are important. And I think when you make an effort to reach out to someone and it's not reciprocated, then that tells you all you need to know, in my opinion. That's what tells you all you need to know. Other people will argue that and say, there's nothing wrong with initiating conversation over and over. If someone hasn't heard from you in a while and they really care about you, they will contact you and figure out why they haven't heard from you. It's not like I'm going ghost fully on people to see, oh, if, if they if they care. But it's 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 just the truth that that's how it is. And I think that's easier to gauge than it looks. And even on the familial side of things, it's it's the complete opposite to like there's there's not seeing your friends. But then your family is like, your immediate family is right up there in your face. And that can also strain your relationship. It's like always there. You can't escape them. I couldn't escape my immediate family for months. Sharing a room every day, waking up, y'all there. I go to water, get water, y'all there. I go to pee, someone's probably in the bathroom. Like I can't escape any of my family. I couldn't escape any of my family. and. 
that definitely stressed it. And that's where the opposite comes into play. Alone time is needed sometimes so that you can just be your own company and have thought. It's not normal to constantly be engaged. I think it's okay to have downtime. So it's about, in general, it's, it's, a, it's about a balance, I think, finding a balance. Am I to take it then, Makaya, that you got sick of your family during this time period? To, to, we, to a certain now degree. We, now we know. Now we know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, <laughs> it was every day for three, four months. Every day. No, no breaks. None. So. Well, for the record, I never got tired of all five of us being under one roof. I'm, you're trying I'm, to make me look bad. You're trying to make me look bad. That's what not, you're trying to do. No, baby, not at all. I'm not trying to make you look bad. I'm just trying to show the differences in our family. I can't get enough. And you had enough. Yeah, okay, okay. We get it, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree. Um, I think at the beginning uh, of quarantine, when Mikhail was first bringing up the relationship stuff, I was very hesitant. But I do think we were coming from very different places. I think I was more than willing to initiate the conversations with people, even if it wasn't being reciprocated, just because I cared about them and I didn't necessarily care if they reciprocated it because I got enjoyment from just doing it. Like I didn't need to have it returned to me in most cases, like in acquaintances. With acquaintances, I didn't need them to respond to it like i did a whole thing at the beginning of quarantine where i just sent a bunch of people on instagram just like hey uh i know we may not have talked in a very long time but i hope that you're doing well in the middle of this quarantine covid craziness and that you're safe i just sent that to a bunch of people i sent it to my closest friends to people that i haven't seen in high since high school some people i hadn't seen since middle school but just sent it to them just to know that like I didn't forget that they existed. And especially at that point in the pandemic when it feel like there was, like Makari brought up earlier, there was just so much hopelessness. I think it was it was my way of sharing it. But at this point, I do also agree with Makaya that there's a certain point in time, especially now that I've had a whole year where I couldn't really interact with my closest friends on campus the same way, that you just kind of have to recognize that some people especially if they're not if they're bringing you down because of their absence are not needed or like the 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 the, ener the amount of energy that you put into that needs to drop it needs to drop because then the energy that you could be putting into either taking care of yourself or taking care of other people that are important to you and reciprocate that is going to benefit you more than putting that energy into people that bring you down by either being there or by not being there so i've i've come around a little bit to it it was definitely like what kaya said i think it was more bitter at the beginning than it is now um so we, i think we've both grown in that way i think we were both very extreme and we've come a little more moderate in our thought processes but i do think that the relationship aspect the all of my relationships have changed to become a lot more realistic from a more optimistic perspective i need to convert you now do you feel like no 
do you feel like you 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 owe those people you were talking about you were contacted people from high school or acquaintances do you feel like you owe that to them to some degree no i don't owe them it i think it's just it's just a uh altruistic thing like it's the same way that like i send i remember i used to send them to you but i was like i live with you so i didn't need to send them to you but i send like I started it with my residents where I send them motivational messages in the morning, but I also send them out as Snapchat streaks in the morning as well. And I would send it to both like my, my actual close friends I have on Snapchat and to other people. And I've had people reach out to me afterwards, even though they may not respond to them. And that's honestly not the point of me doing it to get streaks with these people. Streaks are insignificant. It's just more so, at least if their entire day was trash, I can at least say that I can. I was not the reason why it was trash, because I started it off right with them. And that's not, it's not a, uh, I feel like I owe it to them. It's just, I care about these people in some way, shape, or form. Not necessarily all at the same level, but at some at some level, whether because they're human beings or because they're my friends. And... At least if they're in my sphere of influence, I want to at least influence in a good way. Okay, Malika, you've been sitting quietly. Any comments about relationships? Well, I think I said this the first time that I got interviewed. When I ended middle school, I wasn't able to uh, stay in contact with everyone I talked to then. So I lost a lot of relationships. Okay, well, now that you're in high school... Was it difficult to make them? Did you not want to make them? Did you make any? Did you want to make them? Like that? Like thinking about now, throughout as you finished your first year of high school, how was that process? I th- I low key did want to make new relationships, but I wasn't really able to since I was virtual. But it wasn't that big of a deal. I finished my year. Did you find that you were having more contact with some of those friends from middle school or were you able to get some, form some new relationships with with fellow freshmen in high school? Well, I was, a, I was still able to talk to, you know, people I kept in touch with from last year. All right, Makai, I saw your hand raised early while I was talking to Malachi. What did you want to say? This wasn't a concern for me personally. The people who I consider my friends now we're good. And so making relationships wasn't priority for me. However, I I will say that Malik is about to be a sophomore in August and going into that building, he's going to be a freshman. It's going to be the freshman experience because the majority of the class of 2024 doesn't know anyone at their schools. They haven't been they, they haven't had the experience of, oh, getting acclimated to my school, going into class. I was just talking to Malachi the other day. We were talking about going back into the building. It was today, actually, going back into the building and that whole experience. And he was talking about that, like, I haven't really been there yet. And I'm telling him, this is the experience that you should have had freshman year. You know, I know Malik can relate. Correct me if I'm wrong, but going to the class... You like mad nervous. 
And then you're probably at a group table. Thank goodness teachers are smart enough to do that. They're very smart. But sometimes they can be, some teachers can be like socially unaware. So I really do appreciate the teachers, you know, that make desk groups. So you're automatically forced somewhat to talk to each other. So you at least have a, an acquaintance that you can start. And I this sounded bad, but I was telling Malika, I was like, look, you meet someone in your class that's right before lunch. They're cool. So you go sit with them. They might have met other people that even if you don't really mess with the person who you initially met like that, it can open up to meet new people. And you might like that person. You start hanging out with that person. You get a vibe with them. You meet new people. They meet new people. Now you have a friend group. And it naturally happens. It naturally occurs. It just so happens that due to COVID, he's a year behind. He didn't really get to experience that his freshman year. I'm telling him it's going to happen. But virtually, it's non-existing. You're just looking at profile pictures for a while. You go in breakout rooms. Hey, guys, what are we supposed to be doing? Mute. Other person on mute. Oh, it's blah, 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 blah. Mute. Okay, thanks. Mute. And that's it. So really, it, I see the difficulty in making relationships here. Most you get someone's number for is like some group project. You text in, text in a group chat for like that week that you're working on it and you never speak again, like never speak again. So making relationships is, I can see how that's not something that he really did, but he'll be fine. He's just, he's experiencing what he should have experienced this year later. One thing though is that, yeah, I wanted it. I wanted to, but I wasn't like super desperate for it. Like I didn't make any, but I'm not out here crying in my pillow every day, wishing for some friends. Like I, I didn't really care. Like. A perk of having people around you that go to your school is like, you know, if you need help on an assignment or something like that, or you ain't do something, they could help you out and stuff like that. But other than that, I didn't really like need other people. I wasn't out here fiending and hoping for relationships. Super bad. I wasn't desperate or nothing like that. I'd agree with Makaya's point when he mentioned, uh, the t class of 2024 is going to have another freshman year because it was the same way with these freshmen. They were it was difficult as a upperclassman to interact with freshmen or try to help them interact because there was only so much we could do without us breaking COVID policies. And as a result, they really only got to know the people in their hall, and that was it. Like my hall that I was like in charge of got along really really well almost to the point of too well but like i'd rather have that issue than they not interact at all but as far as i know they really didn't know that many people in the hall period even as an ra my first year as an ra which was sophomore year 2019-2020 i knew at least half of the residents in the building this year i only knew my residents and maybe two other people and that was, it was really hard to interact. And I'm a, I'm an upperclassman. I've already made my relationships. I went through that freshman year of building connections with just the fact that we are all here and we're all trying to make friends. They didn't get that opportunity because they couldn't physically do it. And it's hard to have that conversation virtually over and over and over again when your classes are virtual, when if you're in any clubs, those meetings are virtual. Uh, any events that are on campus, there's a good chance that they're going to be virtual. You just get sick and tired of seeing somebody over a screen. But you can't really do it in person either. So 
it is going to be it's going to be an interesting year when we in in high school and uh college are going to have two years of freshmen per se trying to get build these relationships some people are going to be desperate like malachi mentioned but the desperation i think would be super valid in this instance there are definitely benefits and difficulties with all of these situations including with relationships but you know as makayo said those students who are in those situations will just have their freshman and sophomore experience rolled into one as i reflect on my own relationships i'm happy that i didn't get tired of my family you know we're able to spend a lot of time together no makayo i'm not throwing shade don't say that <laughs> i i really um enjoyed the family time with my immediate family. But not only that, I also got the benefit of building relationships with my extended family. Some family members who we grew up together were able to reconnect. And now we have our monthly Zoom meeting. To me, that's one of the best things in the relationship arena that came out of this whole um, pandemic experience. Because even though we're in so many different countries around the world, because things had slowed down significantly we were able to connect with each other even with different time zones five and six hour differences across the countries and we're still maintaining that hopefully it will continue on even after things get back to the hopefully the way they were before we won't get too busy where we don't find the time to connect because i have been really encouraged by the relationships now to see three generations of our family getting together and for you boys to maybe even even though we're still virtually seeing them for you to see cousins that you never knew or people who have seen you when you were babies and haven't seen you in over 10 years we're able to see and catch up on your lives and see what you're doing but you know as you were talking earlier i think it was makayo who made a point uh oh when you were talking about how some teachers will arrange desks so you can have little pods and how that will be beneficial to help you with relationships. I was thinking earlier today about a relationship building activity that I do with my students, my second graders, where they get to write me what I call a hashtag note, which is I wish my teacher knew. You know, we get to know each other that way. And sometimes I will write one, I wish my students knew and we share and get to learn more about each other. If you were to write one of those hashtag notes to your teachers or your professors, what would you tell them? Yes, Makayo. I wish they knew I'm not lazy. Like I'm not a lazy person. Now, my <laughs> my power school <laughs> could convince them otherwise, but I genuinely don't consider myself a lazy person. And that's because in previous years and in other facets of my life, the amount of determination and dedication, I think my brothers can tell you this best. I'm not, I'm, I sound like I'm trying to like crush this all on them, but I truly believe that the people around me can see that when I want to do something, I have no issue in spending time on doing it. I have no issue on figuring out how to do it and practicing and getting better. I've done it in, in, in multiple things. They may have fizzled out eventually, but it's just that I have determination and drive. It didn't translate this year. So if I were to 
tell someone that obviously they probably take that with a grain of salt but i truthfully don't see myself as a lazy person in general but i know i know how that could look but i trust that all educators would recognize that this is truly an unprecedented school year and that some of the events of this year cannot be the yardstick that we measure everything by so i'm glad you said that makayo because hopefully it might resonate with somebody else and another teacher somewhere will say, wait a minute, let me go back and look at this child's track record. What did his report cards look like in previous school years? You know, because we, we have the benefit of doing that and say, wait a minute, maybe this was just the year with all the things that are going on, why this is so. And we can't just label someone because of what happened this year sometimes we have to be careful as educators too i've often talked about students who whose fame may have preceded them in previous grade levels coming into my grade level but i have that mindset that a child grows physically over the summer break and they also grow academically over the summer break sometimes and and they grow emotionally and in so many other ways so the first grader that was creating havoc last year is not the same person that's gonna show up in my classroom in August. So who's coming with the next hashtag note? I wish my teacher or professor knew. I wish my professors knew that we're human because I think sometimes they forget. It's not a diss. I think it's just they are years, decades removed from being a college student that I think sometimes they forget that academics are the only thing that we have to deal with. And especially in a year like this where the other aspects of the college experience were simultaneously halted and exacerbated because of the pandemic. If, if the professors didn't notice it this year, then there is something really wrong because their, their teaching styles had to change if they were going to be in person, if they were having a blended class where they had some classes in person, like some people were in person, some people were online, if they really changed. Um, and if they were completely online, my college is not a online college. It doesn't really have, this is the first year and the second half of the spring in 2020. That was the first time that they really had to do that. They, the first time or the university really used the online tools that it had access to to teach. So these professors had never had to do this before. It was a very humbling experience, I know, for the educators and, and for administration. But at the same time, it kind of felt that at times they were trying to act as if we had the same amount of time to do everything. Or they assumed that we had more time to do everything, so they gave more which is not exactly true either because we may have more time as in the ticks on the clock, but the things that we would do to be efficient in those times are not available anymore. Like the resources that we had available were more limited because of the pandemic. And at times it felt like they forgot that. So that would be my main thing that Aleppo knows that we're human and you we have to change just as much as you guys do. I really value the varying perspectives that your answers are bringing. And I'm hoping that our educators will listen and put some 
thought into it as we some of us haven't yet closed off the school year i just i just want to add to that for some reason if it it feels like i got more work this year and i genuinely heard as reasoning from one of my teachers that we're at home so we have more time but my days were the exact same school-wise i was sitting down in class the same times that i would be sitting down in class in the building then i would work on the homework same time i would when i was in person but now i have more because somehow i have more time i don't know where that narrative came from but it was more it was at least two of my teachers that i had this year that said we have more time to ourselves now because we're at home and i don't know where that came from but it came somewhere and it's just little stuff like that obviously i'm not discounting anything that teachers went through because my own mother's a teacher and i see what they went through i don't know it's it's little stuff like that that may have shown there, there was definitely a disconnect that that was there i don't know what they thought COVID did, but I don't think it added more than 24 hours to the day. Okay, I'm taking note of that one for the teachers too. Malachi, what is your hashtag note to teachers as a high school freshman? I wish my teacher knew that I have life outside of school, especially my English teacher because English and Spanish, well, Spanish wasn't that bad, but especially with my English teacher, she gave us so much work. It was so overwhelming. Like, I'm at school, I wake up, first thing I do is school from like 7 30 in the morning, and then I get out two o'clock. And then she gives me two hours worth of homework. Well, thank you for your honesty and your, your openness in bringing these issues to life. Going through this whole experience, as Makaya rightly noted, has been difficult for students as well as teachers. And one of the things that has kept me going is the relationships with my team. I have a wonderful team of coworkers on my grade level who without them, it would have been 10 times harder for me to cope with this challenging school year. And I'm grateful for that. I thought that this year, was maybe my most challenging year of building relationships with my students because I was assigned to a virtual class all year. And some of the little things that I would normally do, I wasn't, wasn't able to do. But it was incredible to see how I was still able to foster those relationships. I remember my assistant principal asking me that question this year when we were reflecting on my whole evaluation and my professional development plan. And she asked me what was something, she asked me a question similar to this. Can't remember exactly what it was, but it's, but I was talking about how surprised I was by the relationships and the classroom community we were still able to build in the virtual setting. So I am holding on to those highlights from this school year. So as we wrap up this episode, boys, I want you to share just one lesson that you learned from this whole experience? What's one thing that stands out in your mind? Um, I'll go ahead. Well, uh, I'll give the boys some time to think. But I think the biggest lesson I learned 
throughout this year is that I, well, relearned, I think, but in a different way, was that I can't do it by myself. Like, I can't, the things that I have accomplished have not been by myself, but I cannot discount the work that I had to put in. And I think I said this the first time that we interviewed, like, last year, that my biggest lesson for my first two years was recognizing that the accomplishments that I had achieved up until that point were not because of me. They were more people involved than just me. My parents, my brothers, my uh, teachers, my mentors, all of those people were integral to that process. But this year has shown me that, shown me that I've grown in the sense that even at, at this position, if all those people left, I still have the tools to continue to move forward. And that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned is that there is to not to discount the work that I put into it. Uh, I need to give myself enough credit, but know that it wasn't just me. It often takes challenges for us to recognize our strength. Like we don't know our own strength un until we're tested. And that's a good realization to come to. What lessons have you learned from this experience, Malachi and Makayo? One thing I learned from quarantine is that I shouldn't be taking stuff for granted because I was always talking about, oh, how much I didn't want to go to school. Like, you know, when you wake up and then you go outside waiting for the bus or whatnot, and then it's like pitch black outside and it's cold, and I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to go to school. And I say, oh, school's so boring, blah, blah, blah. It was literally boring this year. Like, I had nothing entertaining to do. If I didn't want to pay attention to class, then I'd be staring at my wall. So it was quite boring indeed. But I actually think it's a good like mind resetter, I guess, because now next year I'm going to be like, oh, school's boring, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to think back to now what it used to be. And I'm going to be like, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as when we had COVID and we were in quarantines. Wow, this year has really put things into perspective. I really like that point, Malachi. Makaya, what about you? I legitimately was going to make the same exact point. And let's go back to the bus stop because Malachi did not lie. I had some existential crises sitting there in the pitch black. December in the rain, 20 degrees, pops rushing me out the door is like... What, what is life? What? Or no, when I wake up at 530 in the morning, Pops waking me up, it's like January right after winter break. It's raining. It's cold. And I'm just sitting on the edge of the bed for like five minutes like, do I get up? Why do I have to go to school? What is the purpose of school? Having whole existential crises, sitting in the shower, thinking about the meaning of life, all that type of stuff. It's just like, I used to just despise it. Now... I can have those for a longer period of time because I don't go anywhere. So Malachi's right. Like you'll be able to put stuff in perspective. You'll be able to be more grateful for what is there for you now because you know what it was previously and you don't want to go back to that. So the ups and downs of in-person education, I will take that gladly over the virtual learning. Your insights have been so valuable, boys, and I know it won't be just for me 
having this conversation with you, but all the people who will listen to this podcast episode. But I'm also thinking about your peers, people who are in college, in high school, who can connect to what you've been saying because they too have been in virtual or hybrid or they've been in face-to-face with all the challenges. What word of motivation would you offer to them? Because maybe I might say something to encourage you, just like you were saying earlier, Makayo, how your dad and I have been saying things to motivate you, to get you out of your rut when things are challenging and you still can't get out of the rut. What word would you offer to someone in your age group coming going through these challenges? Truthfully, you have to find it yourself because this year also taught me that a lot of stuff in life you're not going to like doing, like you're not going to like it at all. And if you can sit back and think about, okay, I don't want to do this, but what benefits will this have? Or find a reason to do it. For me, my parents have made such large sacrifices in even getting me to be able to have education in this country. That is only fair that I get them a diploma. And so having that thought of like not getting a diploma when at times when I would genuinely thinking of not wanting to do schooling or dropping out and stuff like that. I would always think back to when I was younger and the stuff that I now know that we were going through and being completely oblivious to it because my parents stayed strong and and still provided for us and kept our lives worry-free. We were fed, we had clothes, all of that. When they could have very well been complacent and just raised us in not as encouraging of an environment and not as as resourceful of an environment. That's the word I was looking for, resourceful. All those sacrifices, that's when I looked inwardly and I was like, okay, this can be my motivation because I can do it for them. I may, may not want to do it, but I'll do it for them. Whatever, whoever is your motivation, you have to find motivation yourself. Other people spinning at you, telling you, do this, do that, for me personally, doesn't do anything. It might even make me not want to do it more. So you must find motivation within yourself and realize you're not going to want to do everything that you have to do in life, but it has to get done. Sound advice, my son. Sometimes you can find it intrinsically. And if you can't, then start with that extrinsic motivation. All right. What about the other two of you? What word of encouragement or motivation can you offer to your peers, Malachi or Malik? Uh, I think that I don't know how, but if somehow we end up, you know, not having school or maybe you're homeschooled or something like that, you need to learn how to stay focused because that was one reason why I wasn't so good this year because I wasn't focused all the time. All right. So any tips on how to stay focused, Malachi, that you can offer in addition to that recommendation? Um, just eliminate distractions is the best way. I mean, I find it super hard to focus no matter what. Even if I don't have my phone near me, 
and people aren't around me or something, I still find it easy to get distracted and I can entertain myself off of something slight or something like that. But you still got to find a way. People who, you know, put that label talk about, oh, I get distracted easily or something like that, try to use that as an excuse. Like, obviously, it's a disadvantage that you have against other people, but I don't really think that it's a valid enough excuse. I'm sure you could. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. That sounds super cliche, but it's honestly true. Like, let's say that I'm in class. My teacher's teaching, I get distracted, so I don't listen. But then when I go to office hours, and it's just me and my teacher in one-on-one, I de- tend to be more zen or whatever. So some people say, oh, eliminate distractions. Um, other people say, do this or that. You need to find what works for you. Yes, you have to find what works for you. And just the statement you just made about office hours versus in class is an indication that you now recognize that you are capable of doing it. But like you rightly said, you just have to find what works for you. All right, Malik, let's hear your tip for your peers. I think, like Makayo mentioned, at the beginning of quarantine, he was doing a lot of reflection. And at this point, I've been doing a lot of reflection. And I think my word of encouragement has to do with that. And I think at this point, we are all at, uh, at least my peers, we're at a point now where we're right on the cusp of having things go back to normal, especially as young adults. We're at a prime position where we have that full freedom, and if we've been vaccinated, we're right on the edge of being able to do whatever we want to do again. But I think taking that time to reflect of what you were doing before this happened and how you've changed now is going to be important. Uh, whether it was you have become more diligent, responsible, and productive because of the pandemic, or if you've become less responsible, diligent, or productive, this has been a learning experience for you. And it took that resistance for you to realize it. That resistance either made you push through or made you cave, but either way, you wouldn't have learned that about yourself if that difficulty wasn't there. The same way that weights the only way that your muscles get stronger is through resistance or through difficulty is the same way that I think how our characters change requires that resistance. From here on out, I think we can learn to embrace the resistance that we deal with and that will help us become better at dealing with whatever difficulties may arise, whether it is COVID, because who knows if this is going to completely go away at the end of this, or if it's some other personal issues, whether educational, socially, emotionally, that resistance that we go through, we can use it to make us stronger. So I think that's the biggest uh, word of encouragement I'd give is embrace the resistance. Wow. I asked for words of motivation and encouragement and you boys just dropped the words of wisdom on us. Thank you so much for that. What a word, as we would say in Jamaica. That's a word. Oh, it's it's refreshing to see how our thoughts have changed and how our year of journeying through this have impacted us. And I'm just very proud of each of you for staying strong, for navigating this uncharted course and the way you've supported each other, the way you've encouraged each other, even when you have had times of disappointment 
or you have fallen, as long as you keep on moving, you know, you haven't given up. That is what is most important. And I trust that whoever listens will be encouraged to know that there are three people going through it who might be in their age group who are having similar experiences. But hopefully by your encouragement and your example, somebody else who is at the brink of giving up will just tie a knot on their rope and hang on to it. So thanks again, boys, for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Hopefully the next time we get together to talk, it won't be in quarantine or it will be post-COVID. Yeah, we'll have something else to talk about. We'll have something else to talk about. That's right. After this conversation with my sons, I feel like they have grown five years, even though it is only one year later. They have clearly remained mindful while navigating all of the challenges and changes in their lives during this school year. I am grateful that they have managed to keep their mental health intact while still being decent humans. Here are a few of my takeaways from this check-in. One, be appreciative. Things may not be ideal, but there is always something to be grateful for because our situations could be worse. Two, find your source of motivation and keep on trying even when challenges arise. Sometimes the motivation that you need is within you. And three, don't allow current events or state of being to define who you are as a person. You may be affected by external circumstances and are not currently performing optimally, but that does not determine who you really are. If you are a teacher, parent, or caregiver, please take some time to ponder some of the insights shared in this episode. These young men may be the voice of the child in your care. Join me next week as I put a lid on my 2020-2021 school year with some thoughts that I know you will be able to apply to your life. Until then, walk good and one love. For the joy of learning, subscribe to the teacher's strike.